Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. Good morning. I almost feel like I need to apologize to you. I wasn't sure a few minutes ago. I was trying to listen and discern what the Holy Spirit was saying. If I should have uh, like canceled the offering and should have just got up right behind that song, or if I should have got up and we should have kind of just went through that song a little bit more. And here's the reason why, because, and, and maybe it's just me, but I'm so aware of so many of you that are going through some, some battles. I mean, some really hard battles. I mean, I know probably there's 10 people that I'm praying for right now, some that are struggling through cancer. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, the, the news from the doctor has not been good. Some that just heard the news, some that have been working through it now for months and months and months, thinking that there would be some resolve in the end, but hasn't come yet. Uh, there, there are people that I'm praying for right now that are struggling men- mentally, People that if, if if I told you who they were, they're awesome. Absolutely awesome people, but they don't feel that they're very awesome. And I listened to somebody tell me this week, they said, I'm a failure. I've always been a failure. I've always known that I was a failure. The battles that we that we that we fight sometimes are overwhelming. I hope that if you're one of those people that are in one of those battles, I hope that that worship said, I hope that you listened intently to the words because those words were the kind of words that can literally set you free. Um, Sometimes I just feel like I'm surrounded. I need to be reminded that I'm surrounded by Him, I'm protected by Him, and that He will guide me. He will give me the strength that I need. This, This is how I fight my battles. I mean... On and on we could go. What The words were just so incredibly powerful this morning. And they lead well into the message because today we're going to finish up this series called Control, Walk, Delete. And today we're going to talk about something that I think that we probably all are guilty of at least to some degree or another. And that is, that's worry. Anybody, could you just like confess right now and say, you know what, sometimes, sometimes I got to admit I, I struggle a little bit with worry. And the rest of you are just lying. Right? I mean, it seems like that we all struggle uh, I think it's an awesome topic because I think it's, it's not as if we didn't already have enough things to worry about before. I think now since the pandemic, we have even more things to worry about. That maybe, maybe our potential for worry has increased maybe by, maybe by a hundredfold. I don't even know. A hundredfold. Maybe it's two hundredfold. Maybe it's a thousandfold. I don't even know. I mean, there's all kinds of things to think about today that just surrounds this whole thing called COVID. There's loss of life. There's, there's loss of life, and there's people that we know that got sick and people that, that literally passed away. I have friends that are in the hospital right now on COVID. I know other people that, that had COVID that, let's just be honest, it, it wasn't even as bad as the flu. That maybe they struggled for a day, maybe struggled for two, and then they were right back to normal. It's a crazy thing, and you don't know how you're going to respond. And, and then the whole idea of the vaccine and what that means and trying to unpack all that. And who do you believe, right? I mean, am I the only one? Am I, did I just say too much? 
Should I have toned that down a little bit because I'm on stage on a Sunday morning and maybe they'll politi- you know, people will politicize that and somehow throw rocks at me? I'm just telling you how I feel. And so it seems like there's a ton of stuff to worry about. And then we don't know, we don't know about the long-term health concerns. We don't know about that. And then the shortages. Hello? I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed, I'm probably the only one here that eats rice cakes. Anybody else eats rice cakes in the whole place? Why is there a rice cake shortage? Can somebody tell me? I remember, I remember when I went into the grocery store a few weeks ago. I looked, and there's like two shelves that are completely empty. And I think I said out loud, really? Are you kidding me? I thought I was the only one. I thought I was like keeping Quaker in business or something. I, I thought I was the only one eating rice cakes. There's all kinds of shortages. And prices are going up on almost everything. And we worry. We just worry. I'm a pocket worrier. I'm a pocket worrier. I just made that up, but I, let me tell you what it means. It, it means that I don't worry about everything. I probably should, but I don't. I don't worry about everything. I worry about insignificant, stupid things that you'd look at me and go, really? We got COVID and that keeps you up at night? And I don't know why. Why do you worry about that? I have no idea why. I'm sick. I'm a sick man. I admit that. In fact, there's things that I should worry about, I don't worry about. There's things I probably really, that concerns the rest of the world, that I go, I'm good. Maybe you're like me, you're a pocket worrier. Others of us are chronic worriers. You worry when there's nothing to worry about. Let's be honest. You know that the law of average says that sooner or later something bad's going to happen. So for you, you've had a couple of good weeks, and now you're staying up at night going, is tomorrow the day? Is, is tomorrow going to be the day when it all falls apart? Things have been going great at work. Business has been good. Is, is, tomorrow, is it all going to fall apart tomorrow? You worry when there's nothing to worry about. But whether you're a pocket worrier or you're a chronic worrier, I would say that worry is one of Satan's greatest tools. One of the greatest tools that he uses to destroy our faith. And that's why we struggle, and that's why we don't want to talk about it. That's why we don't want to tell people about it. Because if you're in the church world, then people will look at you and say, Buddy, where's your faith? It's not very encouraging, right? Worry will make God look really small. Worry will make God look really small, and that's why we have to learn how to can hit the Control-Alt-Delete button and get it out of our lives. Here's what the Bible says about worry. Romans 14, 23, everything that does not come from faith, is this making you feel any better? <laughs> I just thought I'd throw this verse in just to see, you know, because you're thinking, What? Like, so is this about worry? So, so if worry is a lack of faith and everything that's not from faith is sin? See, I think most people would say that worry is the opposite of faith. I totally disagree. I don't think that worry is the opposite of faith. I think it's just faith moving in the wrong direction. Faith is actually saying, I trust more in whatever this thing is than I do, than I trust in the power of God to deal with it. 
I believe more in the worst case scenario than I do in God. And just so you know, like if you're not a church person and you're thinking, ah, this is not going to apply to me, guess what? Worry is a big deal. Worry is, is a whole lot more than just a faith issue. According to this article in Psychology Today, and I know it's got to be true because I found this on the internet, it's a mental health issue as well. Worry is a mental health issue. They say, this article says, this is when worrying has become both a daily obsession, and don't say you don't obsess, because we do, don't we? I mean, we just wring our hands all day, every day, concerned, scared to death. I don't, do I go out? Do I go to the grocery store? Should I go to the grocery store? Should I go to Lowe's? Well, you can't catch COVID going to Lowe's. We all know that by now. I think that Lowe's should start selling groceries. What do y'all think? And I know that if they ever call for another shutdown, we're just going to move it to Lowe's. And we're covered. We're good. I'm sorry. I just made that up. Both a daily obsession and an uncontrollable process driven by the urges the individual feels to resolve, listen to this, all of the potential uncertainties in life. Are you kidding me? There is, that's crazy because you can't resolve all the potential uncertainties of everyday life. You just can't. It's impossible. So what did Jesus have to say about worry? Actually, he said quite a bit. Matthew 6, here's what he said. Therefore, I tell you, don't, don't worry about your life. I underlined the word life in my notes. It's a really important word, and we'll get to that in just a second. He said, don't, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. Now, this, you, we read this as it's not a big deal to us. It was a big deal to the people of Jesus' day. They didn't have Bilo. Well, we don't have Bilo. Uh, Walmart, I mean, they didn't have Walmart. What did they do before Walmart? What did we do before Walmart? They didn't have refrigerators. They couldn't preserve. I mean, things were, it was different. They had a different way of preservation back in the day. Literally, finding food was an everyday kind of thing that you had to do. So when Jesus said this, those, those people went, what? What? What you'll eat or what you'll drink or about your body or what you'll wear is not life more than food. And, and listen, I remember when I first read this, I, I remember thinking, Jesus, can we talk just a little? <laughs> Food's a pretty big deal in my life. Maybe it was too big a deal for too long. So Jesus said it's not life, that word life. He used the word life. Is, that, is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? And just so you know, this Greek word, which I thought was really, really interesting, this Greek word here that's translated as life is the same word that's often used uh, to be for a translation of the word soul. Soul in life. It's the Greek word suke. The word soul comes from that word. So if you're wondering, well, so what exactly does it mean? It means your life in total. That's what it means. It means your life in total. It means your, your mental life, your physical life, your emotional life, and your spiritual life. It means your yesterday life, your today life, your future life, your tomorrow life, however you want to look at it. In other words, Jesus said, listen, there's nothing on earth that you should be worried about. And most of us would say that's easy because you're Jesus. 
we're not. So many of us, even as followers of Jesus, stay awake at night playing the what-if game. And I hope I'm not the only one. I tell on myself, I, don't, I get this from my own life. And, and I have stayed awake way too many nights playing the what-if game. Going over all of the different scenarios. My, my understanding of leadership, my theory of leadership was you plan for the worst, hope for the best, but you plan for the worst. Which means that as a leader, you spend way too much time in the negative. You spend way too much time thinking about the possible negative, bad scenarios, right? The what ifs. So your stomach gets tied up in knots. You get ulcers and headaches. Your neck hurts. Your back gets tight. You get high blood pressure. You can't sleep. We're tired all the time, which can make us really ill-tempered. At least that's what I do. If I haven't had sleep over several days, just be careful. And then we take it out on the people that we love. And then we battle depression. We, we battle depression. We struggle through depression. And then we have to take medication. Just a function. And some of that, not all of that, do not, do not misunderstand what I'm saying. Some of that is just due to worry. We just worry all the time. And worry has been a lot more of my story than I'd like to admit. And while I have not arrived yet, I am certainly better than I used to be. So this morning... I want to share with you two statements that have helped me. That's what I can tell you. These are two statements that have helped me to hit that control-alt-delete button on, on worry. Is there never a time when I don't worry? I told you. I've already confessed. I worry about dumb things. Stupid things. I don't know why sometimes. But I'm standing here this morning as a living, breathing example that you can have freedom couple statements, just a couple statements. Here's the first one. Are you ready? You just, I just do what God asked me to do. Man, y'all, give me something. <laughs> I, I, this next statement, I've tried to change this so many times because I think I'm going to offend somebody. But I probably will, and maybe you'll talk to me afterwards, and I'll try to explain and offend you more. I don't know. I think there's some followers of Jesus who, in my opinion, just over-spiritualize everything. And I don't know how, any other way to say it. Over-spiritualize. How can you over-spiritualize anything? I can hear people want to argue with me right now. I'm just going to tell you. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. I've known people, you can let's say they would lose a job. And you can say, well, so how, are you looking for a job? Nope. So you lost your job? Did I misunderstand? So you lost your job? Yep. So have you been looking for, so you, have you, been, you haven't been looking for another job? Nope. So you're working on your resume. That's the deal, right? So you're getting your resume together. You're getting some people to help you? Nope. So you've lost your job. You're not looking for a job. You're not getting your resume together. You're not putting your resume out there. So exactly, so what are you doing? I'm like, really, what in the world are you doing? And I have no lie, I have heard this statement. 
I'm just waiting on the Lord to provide. Let me tell you what the Bible says. Let me give you a couple verses. James 1, verse 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Now, you may think the Bible didn't have anything to say about putting your resume out, getting, you know, looking for a job. But let me tell you what it does say. Let me tell you what it does say. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The Apostle Paul lays this down. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. You want to know what that means in the Greek? If you don't work, you don't eat. Was I too passionate about that? I'm just saying, stop it. Y'all ready for me to move on? Probably so. So what else is God going to ask you to do? It's a couple things. What else is God really asking me to do? And this is my own process. This is my own process. I know there's a lot of things that God can ask you to do, but I know that there are a couple things in general that God has at least required of me that has helped me to learn how to hit the, the delete button. There's a couple things that I know that I can do. And the first one is this. I've, I had to learn to think on the right things. I should have changed that. I should have said focus on the right things. Maybe I should have said focus. Philippians chapter 4, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Underline that one. Because I stopped right there. Whatever is true. You know what my problem's been? My problem's been I believe the lie way too much. So i got to focus on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. I used to be really, really nervous every Sunday before I'd walk up to speak. And, I, and, and you know what's funny is I called it being nervous. And, you, and so people say, how do you know if God's speaking to you? Because God says things to me that I know I wouldn't say to myself. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody? So I said, Lord, I'm really nervous. He said, you're not nervous. You're afraid. You're struggling with fear. I said, I don't think so, Skippy. He, he's, he's okay with that sometimes. I said, Fear? I'm just anxious. No. No, you're fearful. You know why I was fearful? I was fearful because here's the thought that would go through my head. How can God use a loser sinner like you? Who do you think you are? And you're going to walk up on that stage and there's probably some people out there that are going, really? Like, how can God use him? Really? And the reason that I was fearful was because I believed the lie. So I had to learn how to replace that lie with the truth. And it was years for me, okay? It was years for me. I'm just telling you what took me years to learn. And so there are truths that, that I had to learn, and I started at the very beginning. And this may not be a big deal to you, but it's been a huge deal for me. The first truth is I'm, I'm forgiven. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from, from most unrighteousness. What does it say? It says all unrighteousness. Wait a minute. So I can be forgiven of all my unrighteousness. Woo! I'm forgiven. 
It's pretty awesome. I don't know if some of y'all are there or not. And it was, it was pretty good to know that I was forgiven. But then let me tell you another word that was really, really big for me, a truth that was really big for me, is that I am sealed. Now, if you're brand new to church, you're going, what? Ephesians 1.13, let me just read this verse. And you shall also... And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were, mar- you were marked in him with a seal. That word seal, it's, the Greek word is only used twice in the New Testament. It's a powerful word. This won't mean anything to you, but it's an aorist tense word. It means something that happens in the past that is continuing to produce present day results. Now, I've been sealed, right? The promised Holy Spirit. So are you, are you listening? So the day that I accepted Christ, watch this. This is me. This is the Holy Spirit. He came and he sealed me. It means a finished product. I'm a finished product. He sealed me. He's not going to pack his bags and leave. Sometimes I wanted him to pack his bags and leave. Sometimes I've said, you know, God, i got to be honest. I'm kind of sick of you right now. I know you can't believe I said such a thing. I have. But the good thing is God said, I ain't going nowhere, buddy. I'm there. I'm here to stay. I've been sealed, who is a, dep- <laughs> I love this last part, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the day of redemption of those who are God's possession to the, to the praise of his glory. I'm just saying. And let me tell you what I do then. I, then, I, I pres- then I, what I have to do then is I have, to, I have to concentrate, I have to think on, I have to meditate on his constant presence with me. So Hebrews, th- Hebrews 13, verse 5, keep your eyes free from the love of money and be content with whatever you have because God has said, I ain't going nowhere. That's not like in the Greek, it's just kind of like, that's, that's a Greer translation. Never will I leave you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm with you right now. No matter where you are, I'm going to be with you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. No matter what you're going through, you will never go through it alone. Scott, I am with you. My presence is with you no matter where you go. I'm not going to get mad, pack my bags, and leave. I'm not going to be disappointed. And the reason that I'm not going to be disappointed is because what you've got to understand is the blood of Jesus was enough for you. You've been covered in the blood of Jesus. It's enough. Oh, y'all ain't out there. Y'all ain't struggled like I have. And then because he's always by my side, let me tell you what else I know. And this is awesome. I had to process this over years of processing and keeping, God had to keep me going back to the word. Because I know that he sealed me, that I'm forgiven, that he sealed me. I know that his presence is constant, that I know, watch, I know I'm protected. I'm protected. You don't believe me. Isaiah 41. Don't fear. And see, when he, when he led me to that verse, I went, ah, you used the word fear. Why are you afraid? When you, when you walk across, you don't have to be afraid. I'm with you. I'm right with you. I'm right by your side. And y'all don't know it. I know sometimes maybe you do know it. It's like I may lose my train of thought up here. It really can't happen. Like I go, Oh, gee, what's next? And no kidding, the Holy Spirit will whisper in my ear. And, and I don't know if y'all notice it, sometimes I'll just smile. I'll go, he's got this. 
I don't have to fear. I don't have to be afraid. Don't fear, I'm with you. Don't be dismayed, I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I wish I would say I'm finished, but I'm not. Because here's the thing, because I'm, because I'm forgiven, sealed, protected, and never alone, then I can rest assured. Because this is big. This is really, really big. And you may not think it's a part of it, but it's a part of it for me. It's a part of it for me. That I can rest assured that God is for me. Oh, come on now. See, y'all not as bad as I am. Y'all the good crowd. Maybe that 11 o'clock crowd. Bunch of sinners. Romans 8. What then shall we say in response to all these things? If God is, if God is for us, what? Well, then who? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? <sighs> this is my favorite. So who's going to bring a charge against God's elect in another translation? Against those whom God has chosen. It's God who justifies. Why are you worried about what other people say? What are you, what are you concerned? Don't be concerned about people. It's God, God's the one who justifies. It's God. Who then is the one who condemns? And, and Paul said, no one. I went, what? I, I don't know about anybody else. I don't have to worry about other people saying things about me. I condemn myself in my head because I know me really, really well. And I know I know better. And I still do and say stupid, stupid things. And he says, yeah, you do. You're right. You do. But you got to understand, all of that's been covered. It's been covered in the blood. How can I have a relationship with my Heavenly Father? Because I've been covered in the blood. Does that sound too gross? It's just the truth. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, who is also inter... What? He's, Jesus is interceding for me. That's awesome. Jesus can say, Dad, I got that one covered. He trusted me. He's been forgiven. I'm with him. Sometimes I tell him don't go, but he goes. But I just want you to know, I'm with him. He never goes anywhere that, he, that, he, that he's ever alone. I'm with him. And God, when he gets himself in a mess that's too big for him to handle, I want you to know I'm going to protect him. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? See, the cross settles all my fears of being rejected because of all my imperfections and sin. The second thing that I can do is I can do what's wise. I can do what's wise. Uh, Proverbs 2, and if you look for it, and just so you know the word it, that's referring to wisdom and understanding. If you'll search for it, if you'll search for wisdom and understanding as you will for silver, for the, if you'll search for a hidden treasure, you'll find it. Then Jesus said this in Matthew 7. He said, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man. Hmm. We're back to wisdom again. It's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So if your kids are dishonoring God... I don't know why I put dishonoring. If your kids are acting like they've lost their minds, then where are you going to go to for help? It, it might be wise to pray for them. 
My, my youngest daughter went, uh, she went public on Facebook a couple weeks ago maybe. I'm not going to get it right, but I am where I am because of the prayers of my mom and dad. I pray for my kids every day. might be wise to talk to some friends who've gone through some similar stuff with their kids. It, it, it might be wise to sit down with some parents and see, here's what, here's, I don't know, I don't think our people, I don't think you as parents are really taking advantage of what's going on in our, our children's ministry because our children's ministry is doing everything they know how to do to partner with you. So we're having these phase conversations and they're saying, come, let's talk about some of the things that you're struggling with as parents. Let's get together. Let's talk about it. Let's reason together. Let's have some parents to say, you know what? I went through the exact same thing and I prayed and let me tell you some things that we did in our home. And then you, know what? you, just, you gather wisdom from other people, biblical knowledge from other people, and you learn how to do it better. If your marriage is struggling, it'd just be wise to talk to people who have a great marriage. Don't talk to somebody who's been divorced five times. Maybe they can tell you five big mistakes they made. Or maybe it's the same stupid mistake they made five times. I don't know. Maybe it would be wise if you were li literally to sit down and talk with somebody who has a great marriage. And to say, man, what, are you, what do you guys do? It's obvious that you have something that other people don't have. What are you doing? It would be wise for you to join a growth group. Let me tell you why. Because you would want to say, I want to be in a growth group that have other parents, maybe around our age, with ki kids around the same age as us, so we can get together and hang out together and learn how to be better parents, but learn how to have great marriages. This is, this is where we're struggling. Can we help each other? And listen, just so you know, we don't want to be the average church. I don't want you just gather and talk about all your wins. I want you to be able to talk about your failures in, in confidentiality with other people so you can unload and learn and pray and love on each other. That's what growth groups are for. Okay, have mercy. I got to hurry. I got a little carried away there, didn't I? Okay, so two statements. The first statement, I just got to do what God asked me to do. Here's the second statement. I just give God what I can't do. God, bum. This may not mean much for you, but this has literally set me free. Philippians 4 says, don't, don't be anxious about anything. I looked up anything in the Greek. You know what it means? Anything. But in every situation, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, I should just, we should just sit right here for a couple of weeks, right? Because I've also learned the power of having an, an attitude of gratitude in my relationship with God. That even in the circumstance, I, whatever the circumstance is, even if I don't think he's been fair, and there's been plenty of times when I've said, Lord, I'm just saying, are you asleep? Have you been watching? Because I prayed for this, and you gave me the opposite. And I've learned how to be grateful and thankful. He said, present your request to God and the peace of God, and there you go. The peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I have more peace in my life today. I can honestly look at you this morning 
and tell you that I have more peace in my life today than I've ever had, all because I've learned to give God things that I know that I, that I can't control, things that I can't change, and things that there's no way humanly possible I can make happen. And I've learned to just say, there's times, there's times, if I'm honest, there's times when I've said, all right, big boy, I did my part. I did what I was supposed to do. Now you get to do your part. And he always smiles. He, he did this week. He sent a lady to me I, for one purpose. And that was to look at me and, and give me a verse of Scripture. And I, I thought, really? Psalm 50, 10 and it's simply this, that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. and Actually, he owns the thousand hills that the cattle are on. <laughs> Y'all don't see any funny in that, any humor in that, but it was funny to me. To remind me of how big he, he really is. And I said, Phew. Way too many years I gave things to God, but then I took them back. I took them back because I was either, I either thought God was, either too slow or I believed the lie and I thought you can't do it for me because I'm a sinner. So, I would take the attitude, if it's to be, it's up to me. And then I would just try to work harder. I would try to be better. I'd try to be better. That's, man, that's, that's, mm. I, you want to be righteous? Do you want to pursue righteousness? Absolutely you do. But if you think that you're going to be perfect this side of heaven, it ain't going to happen. And that's why we worry. Because we think that we can do far more than he can. Let me take you through a couple scenarios. They're, they're terrible scenarios. I, I don't like what I'm fixing to say. Because I know it's too personal for some people. Let me ask you some yes or no questions. You can respond. You don't have to say it out loud. Can you heal someone of cancer? I, I, I know there's debate. And there's people that say that, you know, and I'm not here to debate. Do I believe God can heal people of cancer? Absolutely. Are there things that I think that we can do? Yeah. Karen and I have been through it. We've been through cancer. Don't, don't come to me and uh, we've been there. I know what that's like. I know how scary it is when a doctor tells you your wife has cancer. I would a whole lot rather it had been me. I think I can deal with it better if it was me than her, not her. And, and for a day, at least a morning, I was scared out of my mind. That's the truth. And then I know I had an elder praying for me. And I'm telling you, as supernatural as Jesus turning water into wine or God parting the Red Sea, the fear was gone. I said, we can't, there's nothing we can do. We'll do everything the doctors tell us to do, and we did. And she's cancer-free. Can you protect your kids from all danger? No. You can't. 
But God can give His angels charge over your kids. So give that to God. People have asked me over the years at different times when they thought they knew something I didn't know about one of my children. What are you going to do about so-and-so? Man, God's got that. I'm praying for them every day. Are you? You're praying about them. You're talking about them, but are you praying for them? Well, I am. And I know God's got this. I've had confidence. I really have. (laughs) This is a good one. Can you change your spouse? Some of y'all have been trying, and you failed miserably, right? Can God change them? Some of you are saying, I don't know. I don't even think God can change my husband. I don't think God can change my wife. Let God be God. Know that he loves them more than you do, and that they're safe within his care. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're a follower of Jesus, but you'd have to confess I'm a chronic worrier. I struggle with worry. You've already confessed. A bunch of you already raised your hands. Others of you say, you know what? I'm not a chronic worrier, but I'm a pocket worrier. If that's you, is it possible that you could do something like take these verses I have such a love for God's Word. Because God's Word for me has been an anchor in the middle of the biggest storms of my life. When I've doubted my own salvation, when I've wondered how God could love me, when I've wondered why He would protect me, if I've wondered, God, are you really by my side, then I can go back and I can look at truth and say, Devil, you are a liar. He's with me. I'm excited on Sunday mornings. I've said, had people ask me or say, I guess make the comment over the last, I don't even know how many months, is, man, you just like you're so relaxed up there on Sunday. I am. Is it because I'm arrogant or cocky or I think I'm good? No. It's because I'm not up here by myself. I don't have to be good. I don't have to be an eloquent speaker. It's the Holy Spirit that does the work. All He asks me to do is just be faithful. And He reminds me of this quite often. He said, I spoke through a jackass in the Old Testament. I tell Him all the time, God, don't give up your day job being God. A comedian, you're not. And actually, He is. He's pretty funny. Could you maybe just take some things that I've given you this morning and, and if, if I need to, if we need to put this online, if we need to give you all these verses, whatever we need to do, I want to help you. This is what set me free. I do everything that he asked me to do. And then when I get to those things and I go, there's no way this is too big for me, I just give it to him. Sometimes I try to take it back. And then I'm reminded once again, there's nothing I can do But Lord, I'm going to be a failure. And he says, no, you're not. Maybe you're here this morning, you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you've been worried about your standing with God. Maybe you've been wondering, 
what would happen to me if I died? What would happen to me if I had to stand before God? Maybe you've even thought, how could somebody like me, if I sinned too much, if I sinned away my dead grace, as the old, old preachers used to say, have I done so much that God couldn't possibly love or care for somebody like me? The answer to that is <laughs> no. If you're here this morning, what I want you to know is that is God bringing you here for one purpose, and that's for Him to tell you that He loves you. For Him to tell you that He's crazy about you. Crazy about you. And just so you know, He proved His love. He went to the cross, and on the cross, He gave His life. He shed His blood. Remember me talking about that earlier? What He did on the cross was He paid the penalty for all of our sin. And when you say that that wasn't enough, oh, you spit in the face of God. You deny the power of Jesus and the love of Jesus. And on the third day, just so you know, after he paid our, the, the, the sin debt, on the third day he was raised from the dead, he's alive. And he's present. He's right here, right now. He's telling you that he loves you. And what he's asking, give me your life. All the brokenness, all of the mess, all of the junk. Ask me to forgive you. And I will. And then, I'm going to seal you with my Holy Spirit. And I'm going to be with you forever. I'm never going to leave you. Never going to forsake you. I'll be by your side forever. I'm going to protect you. You'll never be alone. How could you say no to that? If you're not a follower of Jesus and you'd like to be, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Maybe you just say, God, I'm a sinner. I know it. You know it. And I need your forgiveness. I confess that. And I, I need you to feel me. I can't, I don't want to be alone. I can't do this on my own. I need you in my life. I just confess that. So I'm asking you to be my Savior. Everybody look this way. It's kind of weird. If you just prayed that prayer, look right here at me. I want you to know that your life has been changed forever. The presence of God will abide in you forever. Is that not like the coolest thing in the world? He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. You'll never be alone. And you're going to go through some difficult times. The good thing is, you'll never go through them alone. Lord, thank you. You're awesome. Thank you for your promises, Lord. Thank you for your truth. The truth, Lord, that I count on every single day of my life. Powerful truth, Lord, that keep me reminded of your love, your constant love, forgiveness, mercy, grace, presence. 
I am a blessed, blessed man. And that's all because of you. We love you. It's in your sweet name we pray. Amen.